0: Goat, welcome, Goat. As you've already guessed, Adam uh, is far away and can't stop us from from ruining the show. Uh, this is filibuster the black and red united podcast. Um, Adam has been exiled to Alaska for for uh, work purposes, or who knows what. Um, maybe he just didn't want to be on this week. I don't know. Um, we have a couple things to talk about. Um, not too much yet. The preseason hasn't kicked off. Um, Quite yet. We're a few days away from that. But uh, we've still got the MLS super duper draft uh, as well as a trade, so that should be good. Uh, This week we have Ben Bromley, Ryan Kiefer, and for the first time, Leanne Elston uh, is joining us. So uh, our way of dealing with the lack of Adam and our tendency to spin out is to add more people. Um, It's a great plan, and everyone should be enthusiastic about it. Um, And I guess now that I've already rambled
1: a little bit, what are you drinking, Ben? So I went to the store today to pick up a, a beer for this occasion, and I got Hardy Woods Raspberry Stout, which is a brand-new brand new release from them uh, for this year. They had a version last year. It's pretty good. It's not... You can barely taste the raspberry, so that's a little disappointing, but overall, it's, it's good. It's very good. It's still good beer, is the point? Yes,
0: exactly. Okay. You can't really complain. Lan, you next?
2: I'm drinking some water. Okay. So, it's really party time over at my apartment.
0: <laughs> is it good water though, at least? Or is it
2: It's not even that good because yeah. I don't have any water in my Brita filter right now, so it's just okay. tap
0: water. All right. <laughs> and so it's still not the the worst of all time is still definitely been drinking straight Smirnoff uh, out of misery. Yeah.
1: yeah. hopefully um, hopefully it'll I be like, a...
0: I feel like that's got to be the worst anyone's ever going to do on this oh. show.
1: Man, Hopefully that won't have to happen again for a long time.
3: Right. Um, Ryan, what do you got? Uh, I've got the Victory Earth and Flame, which is a bourbon barrel-aged Scotch Ale. Um, um, it clocks in at, I think, about... Uh, well, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, clocks in at about 11.5%. Um, it's, it's not bad. Uh, you don't get as much of the... Um, as much of the like the the barrel aged stuff with it, um, Victory was a little bit of my gateway drug when it came okay. to, to barrel aged stuff with their uh, their stouts. So uh, saw this, caught my eye, figured I'd give it a spin.
0: It it sounds pretty good. Uh, I like pretty much anything that's been barrel aged. I've actually had um, uh, wine barrel aged coffee beans, um, hmm. which which actually came out with a very strong um the smell was more more of wine but the flavor actually was um almost too fruity like um someone had thrown some jelly in the into the coffee um i say almost though um <laughs> it was kind of bizarre and and very strange very different uh, not bad by any means but definitely the work of some sort of mad scientist
1: um probably, probably spindula.
0: perhaps um I, I don't see him wandering out to Annapolis to roast coffee beans but i don't you know i don't know what he does in his spare time um, I myself uh am coming down with a little bit of a cold and an effort to keep my throat uh in talking shape. I've made myself a cup of hot chocolate, but to continue the tradition of um, being uh, reckless drinkers um on this show, I have added uh Serono to the chocolate the hot chocolate. I would have added Bailey's, but I know from experience that that will put you to sleep almost immediately um <laughs> That's a tip out there if you're ever. Uh, If you need something to get you to sleep, you don't want to use NyQuil, hot chocolate and Bailey's. Five minutes later, you'll be done. It's like a tranquilizer dirt. Um, (laughs) These are the things you learn after college. Uh, I guess we will start with the the biggest news, uh, at least as far as eyeballs on the site and uh, MLS talk around the league. The draft came and went. Uh, It was, as per usual, bizarre. Uh, There were puzzling deals. There were trades with future considerations. Um, D.C. United picking 17th in the first round took Miguel Aguilar from the University of San Francisco uh, and picking 42nd and last in the official draft even though there's another one tomorrow that's still connected via some means um, took Dan Metzger, uh, defensive midfielder out of the University of Maryland um, guys I know, no one was really expecting uh, Aguilar uh, he wasn't popping up on mock drafts any or any anything like that Ben Olson and Dave Casper seemed really excited to get him. Um, I'll start with you, Leanne. You're you're new. Uh, you get to jump in first on this. Um, how, how, uh, how do you react knowing that we're talking about a guy that was a forward, uh, now apparently is going to be a winger? Uh, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: Yeah, I was actually surprised that they went in this direction. I thought we would kind of choose something else, a different position to fill. But this is... I, you know, I think um, I'm not worried about him being a forward now and switching to being on the wings. I don't think it's that big of a deal to go for that change at this point in his career. Um, I mean, I'm excited about it. I think he seems like a good player. They seemed excited to get him, so it doesn't seem like it's a bummer we're not getting, like, a lamo. Um So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure exactly how he's going to fit in, though. I don't feel like we need him immediately, but he could be good cover for... Um, all the games that we're going to be playing this season.
0: That uh, that pretty much sums up where I'm landing on it. Um, Ryan, we took an international in the draft, which is kind of a rare thing. Um, <laughs> though this year, actually, there were a couple of them, um, uh, most shockingly, and, and no surprise here, Toronto FC going for a player that no one had even being picked anywhere in the draft whatsoever. Uh, but that's that's Toronto's problem. We might get to them later. Um what did you think about the fact that we used
3: one of our almost never used international spots on a college kid? Um, yeah, I think from that perspective, it's 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 not really much of a problem. I mean, they can go ahead and he's, he's going to be uh, off budget or whatever it is that they decide to hash the CBA <laughs> out into. So, I mean, he's he's going to get a lot a lot of time in in Richmond. He may serve as kind of a a, a little bit more polished uh Cristiano Francois save for the fact that you know he's probably got a little bit more skill. Um he he's got just as much speed out on the wings and that's that's gonna prove to be good in in, in terms of spelling de Leon if he's hurt or Pontius or or Rolf in case they, they get uh any sort of knocks throughout the year. So I, I think in terms of an energy sub um he'll he'll wind up being pretty good. Um, and may even get some forward time, depending on, on how serious this, this Seton injury is and and where we are with it or if there's any sort of cause for concern for it to begin with.
0: And, and to clarify that, uh, last night it came out of the CONCACAF uh, Under-20 World Cup qualifying that Michael Seton would miss the rest of that tournament, which really just means like it could mean a week. That's not uh, long. uh, That end of that tournament is not far off, but there's no especially for them, (laughs) right? Uh, Yeah, the Jamaican team is not very good. Once you take Michael Seaton away, they they're pretty bad. Um, But uh, no word on what that injury is or anything like that. Um, He was posting on various social media as he tends to do, um, so it can't have been that severe that he was like thrown into a depression or anything. So, Mm -hmm. um, and 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 Aguilar may also. fill in the David Estrada, Connor Doyle role, for, at least for a little bit. With um, Though I will say that at the stadium thing, I think I've mentioned this once before, Connor Doyle was uh, wandering around as if his leg was fine, so maybe he's pretty far along in the healing process. There was no boot or limp or anything like that. Um, ben, how confident are you in this being a left field pick for D.C. United? Um, they've been very good in drafts past Um, When they say that they got their guy, they have tended to be pretty correct. Um, But this is still a guy that didn't have a great goal-scoring record or that many assists. Um, He's not coming from a powerhouse school. Um, He was well – I think um, Top Drawer Soccer had him as their number 20 uh, prospect, um, which isn't bad at at coming in at at 17. That's pretty much what you would hope is still there. But how how much do you – believe he's going to make an impact down the road, or um, are you sort of expecting him to struggle to make the roster?
1: I mean, I think at this point, especially with first-round picks, you've got to have faith in uh, the D.C. United brain trust. They've... I, I mean, when when they picked Taylor Kemp a couple of years ago, uh, I, I feel it was a, a very similar situation, and he blossomed this year in the second half, so... Uh, after spending some time in Richmond. So, um, I believe, uh, I think some time in Richmond would probably be good for him, but I do expect them to sign him. I know, uh, there's still a lot of confusion out there be- about roster sizes due to the CBA negotiations, and everybody but Toronto is, uh, kind of in a holding pattern with the end of their <laughs> roster to, uh, to see what it is they're doing. So, it may not happen right away, but I, th- I think he's gonna, Stick around. I don't, I don't think you, even with the dilution of the draft, I don't think you uh, use a first-round draft pick on somebody unless you're pretty sure that he's going to spend the whole season on your team.
0: That sounds about right to me. Um, certainly you look through the draft, and there are some where you, you, you have to kind of wonder. Um, but then every year the draft is like that, where players fall that we're not supposed to fall, Um, This year, Christian Roldan was supposed to go second. He went 16th. Um, Leo Stoltz, uh, through his own uh, machinations and uh, apparently just being smarter than the system in place, uh, got where he wanted to go at number 18, uh, going to New York. I don't know why he'd want to go to New York, but that's that's his problem. Um,
1: And one of Seattle's uh, draft picks has already signed with a fourth division German team, so that was good scouting on their part. Well, apparently they, they came out and said that they knew that was a possibility
0: and that they were willing to deal with it. Um, I guess their thinking is that maybe he won't play uh, there straight away and will get frustrated and come back in the summer, in which case they'll still hold his MLS rights because MLS is a, a strange little animal. Um,
1: I, I think they, they'll now have his rights for two years. So the, yeah, they do right.
0: have time, but regardless. Right. It is still kind of an odd pick, um, to say the least. Um Speaking of the second round, DC's second pick was Dan Metzger, who uh, had already signed a contract with MLS, so by taking him, we've already signed up for that deal. Um, maybe that, maybe the price tag there is what drove his stock down. I'm not sure. Uh, he was uh, The quote from Ben Olsen was that they saw him as a top ten pick. They did not think he was going to be around for the first round, much less the second. Um, it's kind of an odd one when you look at some of the other names that went um, I, as as our listeners probably are aware, I I went to Maryland, I go back there to watch games, uh, when I can. You um, like Maryland? Uh, believe it or not, uh, I went to Maryland. It's funny, it's funny you never mention that. I, and I'm and from the state of Maryland, and I'm a strong hmm. uh, believer in the flag uh, wow. of Maryland as well. Not, not just, if, not just as a flag, but like, I believe it might have magic powers. Um, an, old, an
1: old bay runs through your veins.
0: Uh, this weekend, uh, based on, solely on the fact that it exists, I bought hummus that has, that says it has Old Bay in it, we'll find out if it's any good, or if that's even a good flavor combination, I don't know. Uh, I, I was an easy sell on that, oh, Old Bay, sweet. You
2: um, didn't, like, open it in the store immediately to try it?
0: No, I, I'm, I, I think I've gotten a little too old for that sort of behavior, um,
3: there Surprise. probably was a time where I would have been like, I think I'd get away with this. surprised you didn't run out of there like Tony Montana. <laughs> this
0: is this is how you guys think my everyday life goes I assume?
1: <laughs> Tony montana, but with old day right. uh, a painful
0: addiction
3: that's the show
0: <laughs> don't, good night don't everybody short old day um I don't know from experience i can I can just figure that one out um Metzger back on back on the subject at hand um Maryland played a four one three two for the last few years. Metzger was the one in that formation um a lot of times being the only midfielder that was really not so much defensively minded, but defensively able. Um, a lot of people said that he, as a result of that said, Oh, Metzger's a pure number six. Um, you have to play with an anchor man in your formation to accommodate him. I don't agree with that. Um, I think he played there because that's what Maryland needed. Um, rather than any specific, um, 100% this is the only thing he can do, uh, kind of concerns. Maryland, um, as, as, people are probably aware has had players play in different positions. Like most big college teams, Rodney Wallace was a left back there. Jeremy Hall actually was a left winger ahead of Rodney Wallace on that same team. Um, and then they went to MLS and switched positions. Um, as you do, uh, Mark Birch actually was a striker at Maryland on a national championship team and ended up moving quickly backwards until he was (laughs) the starting left back for the Colorado Rapids somehow. Um, who knows what's going on out there? Other than pa- Pablo Mastroini clearly has bought himself some time with his facial hair choices, uh, which are sensational. Uh, you should go <laughs> look those up. His mustache and and goatee are uh, something else, especially when you hear the story that he, uh, he was talking to his father and his father pointed out that he should probably dress and carry himself in a different manner uh, to establish that he's moved on from being a player to a coach. And his solution... <laughs> to grow this mustache and this goatee, which is awesome. Um, I, I hope the best for Colorado. I don't expect the best because last season kind of taught me that that's not going to happen, but uh, they deserve at least 10 points in the standings is what I'm trying to say, <laughs> just for that just for that selection alone. Um, but anyway, um, Metzger at DC United, as we've seen with Jared Jeffrey, there's not really a role for a deep midfielder. Um so he's going to have to play higher up than he did at, at uh, College Park, but I think he's got that in his, his um, repertoire. Um, he isn't a big guy, but he's got a little bit of an attitude. There's a little bit of Davey Arnaud to him um, in that he's going to be feisty. He's going to mix it up, even though he's kind of skinny. He's, he's only listed at 5'9", if I'm not mistaken, um, which is probably, for once, a fair uh, height ranking. I'm five foot nine. I think he's about the same height as me. Normally in MLS, you get... Um, John Bush being listed at like five eleven, I can tell you, John Bush is like five eight at the most, um, in, in like construction boots. Um, so he is. There is going to be a, a little bit of a question about his speed, um, but he's not lacking for strength. He's not lacking for um, work rate. And he's got a decent range of passing. He He's not the kind of player I think that, unlike like, Jeffrey really has to play that deeper role to be at his best. I think Metzger can play a little higher without really taking a hit in terms of what he's able to do on the field. Um, I do wonder about those two getting time, given that we already have Kitchen and Arnode and Marcus Halstie all in place. Um, obviously, there are going to be some trips to Richmond for one or both of them uh, in the future, which is fine because it... Going to the play for the kickers on a USL Pro perennial contender is not a bad situation, um, as long as you don't hit traffic, um, which is always a possibility going south uh, through Virginia, especially. What is it, Ben? Ben, what is the uh, the split 95? Yes, uh, that that uh, makes your your heart uh, burn with hatred like I do all the time uh, when it comes to the state of Virginia.
2: Um, yeah, but so there's an IKEA there.
0: I got an Ikea in College Park.
2: All right. I well, I've been to I have the Ikea in Woodbridge.
0: I don't know that that's a valid response at all on my part, but th- that's what I went with.
3: Um, <laughs> High fives from the 703. Leanne, what up? I'm
0: getting I'm getting
3: outnumbered as well.
0: Adam. Adam, come back.
2: <laughs> I got like all my furniture at the Woodbridge Ikea, so I like the I, gift.
0: I have no retort. I got this desk from the <laughs> college park IKEA, but it's only one piece of furniture um, so anyway um with with Metzger, I guess I wonder um what do you guys see as, now we've talked about Jared Jeffrey a couple or I have talked about Jared Jeffery a couple times. What do you guys think of as his uh his is he gonna find himself um fighting for a spot on the team do you think or or is this a situation where Maybe he's loaned out elsewhere so that he's a full... We, Connor Shinovsky spent a season in the NASL. Uh, maybe Jeffrey is ready for that that level of commitment. Um, do you guys want to see that, or would you rather see him maybe fight Metzger for this roster spot that it may only be one spot between the two of them?
1: I mean, especially from what you've been saying, I, I agree with it. I, it may just be that Jared Jeffrey's best role doesn't exist on this team as Ben Olson characterizes it, and so if you're not gonna have him uh uh fit well into your system maybe metzger do, and and Metzger does maybe uh you do move Jared Jeffrey on to a place where uh he might get more time and more uh and a, and a better chance to play um i don't want him i don't want to get rid of him I like Jared Jeffrey and i want to see him. Uh, succeed at DC United, but Ben Olsen isn't going to change his system just to fit uh, one player, and especially one player that is Jared Jeffrey. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it just may not, it may be that Metzger just fits the system that's in place better.
3: Well, I think in a couple of different areas, I mean, you know, the the guys in, at uh, like Matt Doyle and and a couple of the other guys are are talking about that he would be a, a you know in in the various mock drafts they say you know natural understudy for you know Matthias Laba, perfect analog for Kyle Beckerman. I mean, you know, you you look at that type of thing and and I've got to think that that you know vis a vis Jeffrey. I mean he. Wouldn't seem to have you know much left to to really show for for DC and and you know as it as it goes with Metzger, I mean th- there may be the possibility you know I'll, I'll be a, on a on a long path that you know he kind of serves as as either kind of a no in training or or even maybe you know like like Jason was talking about him kind of maybe sort of maybe being a six, um you know kind of serving as as a transition to, to kitchen if and when we lose kitchen to to Europe or you know places elsewhere. So I mean it it gives I, I think if nothing else, Metzger gives gives the team more options when it comes to to having him in the lineup or having him as an option as opposed to having Jeffrey in there.
2: You know I like I like Jeffrey too and I kind of thought that with Lewis Neal um going to Orlando that it might give Jared Jeffrey a chance to, like, step up and take on some sort of role or more of a role with the team. And then with Metzger coming in, I mean, I don't know. I just, Jared Jeffrey, I like him. I don't know that he needs to stay at these United or really belongs here. Um, I just I agree with what you guys are saying, but I like him. I'll be kind of sad to see him leave if he does leave.
0: Yeah, I would agree to that. I think if if the, the system was different, if there was a role for him where he got to play in his best spot, I think we would be seeing a lot more of him, and he would be more effective. Um, But uh, as of now, uh, as Ben said, we're not going to change the 4-4-2 that finished third place overall and won the Eastern Conference to accommodate uh, Jared Jeffrey when someone else probably up front would lose their spot. Um, You're not going to drop Espindola or Silva or, or even Eddie Johnson coming in for Espindola. We presume for the first six games... None of those guys are going to get dropped for Jeffrey unless Jeffrey has a, some sort of revolutionary step forward in this offseason, um, which sometimes happens in soccer. Soccer's a strange sport. Um, players will just instantly get better, and, and you don't really know why. It's just all of a sudden they did. Um, just like sometimes you'll sign a guy, and it'll be Christian Gomez, and he'll just have a telepathic understanding with Jaime Moreno. Uh, other times you'll sign a guy like Marco Sanchez, um, and he will not understand anything. Uh, as far as what what's happening with his teammates. Um sorry, that's I think that's two weeks in a row we've we've gone after Marco Sanchez. <laughs> um it's not really anything personal. I didn't actually have an anger at him, it just he wasn't very good. Um moving on, um speaking of Central American players who
1: Well hold on, hold on. We, okay, we, we have to at least mention on. we at least have to mention the delightful story of Metzger turning down a homegrown player oh, contract. Yeah from the New York Red Bulls so that he could enter the draft because he had talked with some of his former academy mates like yes. uh, Juan Agudelo right. and Connor Laid and other people. And, and all the guys they cut over the years. Exactly. And saw how difficult it was to transition from yes. their academy into the first team. And he was like, nope, don't want any part of that. Right, and the thing
0: there was that I think New York wanted to, or were at least considering, offer him a deal, and before, like preemptively, before they could, he, I guess there's some procedure by which a player and his agent can contact the league and get them to take away the homegrown claim, but it takes a while. But every time I read about it with people that were, you know, talking to sources, etc., it was always, um Metzger's in the process of getting his homegrown tag removed or something like that. Um, knowing MLS, there's got to be a bureaucracy and there's probably a draft involved. Um, but uh, in any case, he clearly did not want to play for New York. Um, and, and it also is worth mentioning that his um, his first action as a DC United player was to take a podium and sarcastically say, oh, you're saving the best for last, um, which was pretty great, um, especially at the end of a very long, uh, arduous and trying draft as all MLS super drafts are, they drag on forever. You start to kind of come unglued a little bit, um, when you're trying to find out who, uh, you know, who the guy that Toronto took at 37 is, um, whether this player, it, how his name is spelled, um, where he's from, what's his citizenship, what his position is in some cases, because some people go way off, way off the board and, you know, you, you find yourself asking like Kingsley Bryce, I've never heard of him. Um, that's what Chicago Chicago took him at 28. Um, and so you end up in a situation where you really need something to happen that's interesting and not just uh, more of... Actually, in the second round at that point, it's not even Don Garber. It's Todd Durbin um, stepping to the stage and reading who's been drafted. Um, and so it was nice uh, to, for Metzger to uh, liven up the proceedings a little bit, um, even if even if it is like as they're playing the, the end music of the, I don't think they even had end music on the streaming coverage of the draft. They didn't bother, which is probably smart. Um, so all in all, I, I guess that's a good way to win win some fans over straight away is through sarcasm on a stage that at least appeals to me. You know, um, I think
3: I actually found the play them off music. So Really? Yeah. I, I think that t- didn't take long at all. <laughs> Okay, that's that. Alright.
0: <laughs> um, we did not edit that in, by the way. That that did not take any stop and go uh magic from Ben. That was just something that happened.
3: Um I should be a uh soundboard engineer. Absolutely.
0: We did once talk about having like stereotypical uh bad morning radio sound sound effects. Um like a slide whistle. Uh actually mostly a slide whistle. Um, I think it was my job to go find them, and I just never bothered. Um, <laughs> we'll move on now. Uh, mercifully. Um, during the week before the draft, was it? Was it before the draft? I can't remember what order this happened in. Was it I think draft? it was before the draft. Okay. Um. Anyway, in the recent past, um, DC and I had traded an international roster spot for the 2015 season only. Uh, to Orlando City for Jairo Arieta, who never actually took the field for them. Um, Arieta spent his MLS career with the crew. Uh, before that, he was at Saprisa in Costa Rica, in which that's where we got to meet him for the first time when he was scoring on us for them. And then he came here, and of his... Uh, I believe he has 17 goals uh, playing for the crew in 67 appearances. I'm pretty sure 15 of those were against DC United. Um, so... I guess it's a, a a case of signing a guy rather than being terrorized by him uh inexplicably uh, just over I, I think this what was it this past season he scored the equalizer uh at crew stadium the 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 stoppage time goal um that uh turned into the legend of will trap more than anything else. Arietta didn't really get any credit there from anyone um but it's only one season um uh, as far as the international spot, not that we were gonna use it anyway. Um, Arieta does not take up international spot. He does, he has 15 caps for Costa Rica, but he also has residency in the U.S. Um, I will note that Greg Burhalter, when putting him out for the re-entry draft, did note that uh, I think he actually came out and said in the press something to the effect of he didn't earn a spot on the 2015 roster for, for the crew. So there is a little aspect of signing uh, our competitors' cast-offs, but I guess that's what we did last year, and um we picked pretty well. Um well when you guys think of Arietta, other than the abrasiveness that I talked about, uh, Leanne, I'll go to you first. Um what comes to mind and where do you where what do you th- I guess I guess what I'm getting at is what do you want to see out of him in a DC United shirt? Goals. Okay. Is
2: that, is that like, that's all I want. I just want goals. <laughs> I'm I'm very easy to please. Um, when you're signing somebody like Arietta, you're bringing him in, I think to score goals and help score goals. So if he's not going to do that, I would sooner cast him aside. But if he is going to do that, then welcome to DC United and I will like him. That's all I want.
0: That's easy. Just go score goals. That's it. I hope, I hope that is uh, the sum of the, I hope it's a Harry Redknapp level instruction, um, from Olsen to Arietta. He just tells him to go out and score a goal. Um, that it, that, it, that it, Actually, I kind of want that to happen now. I kind of want to see, like, you can lip-read. It says, Olsen, just just go score. You just don't even need to lip-read. Read.
2: He'll just yell. You can hear him right. on TV.
0: And then Arietta looks at him and nods. Like, okay, got it. <laughs> go score a goal. I will do that. Then, uh, um, what do you... I guess when you hear the numbers, the 17 goals and 67 appearances, um, do you attribute that to how the crew played, or, or uh, do you think he's going to fit in here, or, or is that just his general strike rate, do you think?
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good question, because his strike rate was a lot better in his first season than the two seasons after that, so I mean, he, he's obviously going to be used off the bench here, uh, at, at least once a spindle is back, and probably even when a is still suspended, so I think if you get if in 20 minute appearances coming off the bench I think that he when he can just go full out and not have to worry about um maintaining himself for for a full 90 minutes I think he can be more effective so I think it might actually be a better role for him and if he if we're paying him a similar amount of money as to what he got last year which was uh 135,000 that's a fine amount of money uh for a player in that specific role so i'm not too worried about us overpaying him and i i think as a kind of a sniper a pest off the bench i think that's going to be a good role and something we the team didn't have going down the stretch uh when uh Spindola was out when silva was out it was more difficult to replace those guys at the end of the season and I will note that um,
0: the only thing, or that, um, that Arietta did while he was in Orlando, is that he did sign a contract with them. Um, he was there long enough; uh, he was out of contract from the crew. Orlando got his rights, and then he signed with them,
1: and then we made the trade. So, yeah. But speaking of speaking of that, I, I, this is this is tinfoil hat level conspiracy thinking. Okay, but I'm going to run with it anyways. This is a podcast. You go ahead. So when he left the crew, he was very effusive about his love for the crew on Twitter. And then when he signed with DC United, he was uh, like very excited, very pro-DC United on Twitter. But when Orlando City selected him in the expansion draft, the only thing he ever mentioned is he just posted a picture of the like list of players who were selected in the expansion draft, and that was it. So my theory is maybe he knew all along that he was going to be... Traded that he was just a piece that they were moving to get something else. So maybe that was part of the deal. Uh, DC United as part of the trade talks, like sign him to this contract and then we'll trade him for this and do with it what you will. But
3: uh, he he kind of said
1: uh, to Costa
3: Rican press, I believe that uh, he, you know, he was. Looking forward to playing with Kaká, but you know he, he's also in a position now to to play in the Champions League and and you know playing Costa Rica, so hopefully he's ready to you know grind some mud into some people's couches in Costa Rica. So <laughs> uh, and it also helps, Yeah,
1: I was gonna say it also helps that he uh, played for Alajuelense, arch enemy. Yeah. So that'll that'll be good for DC United as well.
0: Yeah, I. I I will say that first of all, I'll say that Ben, it sounds like you are actually stalking Hyrule um it's on possible. the internet, um, which is which is kind of the purpose of a fan vlog. Uh, it's kind of what we're supposed to do: is stalk and harass. Um, Just stalking, not harassing. That's true. You, you haven't harassed uh, any DC United players that I know of. I mean, you could be doing it. Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> under an assumed name, it's very easy to assume a name on the internet. Um it's true. I. I will note with Arieta, the one thing that, that I'm a little concerned with is even though he he's one of these players that works hard but will sometimes seem detached from the rest of his team, he works hard even though um he's not really working in concert with anyone else. Um I think that was a little bit of the crew's problem, especially with Burhalter, where um there's already they're already spreading out so wide um having him go on go off and do whatever he wants uh and freelance wasn't really part of the deal. Um, there's a reason why they ended up sitting not, that's not the only reason why they ended up sitting him. Um, they wanted a target man and Arietta is not built like a target man. Um, he's much more of a, uh, goal poacher type of guy. Um, but, but I do think that there could be something where he is just our sort of, uh, plan B with a spindula. um, Given that a spindle kind of does whatever he wants, and then we sort of the rest of the team sort of responds to that. Um, maybe we're in a better better uh, we're a better spot for a player like that. Where and Eddie Johnson has done the same thing. Um, there was the towards the end of the season he had a cross for a spindle and the, the joke was that Olson had told him not to go wide and cross the ball, and Eddie Johnson went wide and hit a, a perfect cross and and uh, created a goal pretty much on his own, but it was still by specifically disobeying uh actual instruction. Um so maybe there's just something that we're good about having that wild card element to to the rest of the team. It, it, it brings something out of the rest of the team that otherwise wouldn't be there. I I don't know. Arietta might not fit the same way. Um or he may just be the wrong kind of wild card. Um I'm now thinking of uh Charlie Day uh cutting the brake lines uh, of course um but uh the third piece of news this week. Uh, we'll, move, we'll move on from Arietta. Um, the small uh, one-picture-only teaser of a red DC United jersey. Um, those with sharp eyes might have noticed it was the left side of the chest and also a sleeve, uh, perhaps. Um, there appeared to be maybe a seam in the background if you stared at it long enough. Um, what do you guys? What do you guys think? Uh, are we talking about a? Um, my my thought was that it might be like a diplomat's throwback, um, that used to be frowned upon. Uh, the rumor was that Kevin Payne was against linking the team to the diplomats. Um, now that he's not, not in place, there's no, there's no one in place that I know that would actively stop it, but it is not the same team. So there's, there's that side. We're not the diplomats anymore. Um, but it is a red Jersey and it may be red and white. Um, or it may be just red quadrants. It may be crazy. It's probably not crazy. Um, what are you guys hoping for out of this thing?
2: Red! That's all I want. I want all right. it to be red. Get
3: that drop.
1: <laughs> A very red shirt. I mean, yeah, my, fa- my favorite jersey, my favorite DC United jersey that I own is the, I think it was the 2011 third jersey that was all red with... Uh, 2012, yes. yes. Uh, which was all red and with uh, the the black numbering. Because... The team is the red and black. It's not the red and white, and oca- the uh, black and white, and occasionally red. It's the red and black. So. Well, the 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 red and black uh, really, uh, if you go back far
0: enough, would be the old Metro Stars. Um, so we don't want to be confused with them. Well, yeah,
3: you know, but you know what I mean. See, Brian. I think I, I think it's less than that, and and somebody in in the comments when when it first came out mentioned that it. it looked a little bit, or or may have been somewhere else mentioned, that it looked a little bit like the uh, current Ajax home jersey. Um, I don't know if we're looking at collars again or not, um, but, I mean, you know, it certainly kind of fits that general bill, I think.
0: So, Just but,
2: say no to collars. Yeah, <laughs> no collars. pretty much. Yeah. I do not want
0: that. Am I the only person that was kind of uh, amused by the collar?
2: It, I I kind of like
1: them. I think they're okay.
0: There was a, a little disco to it uh that reminded me of when Ray Hudson was coaching the team. Um when he uh for for those that don't remember, Ray Hudson got in trouble for uh he was coaching in shorts in Dallas. Uh fan heckled him. The the story goes that he pulled up one side of his shorts to sort of half moon the fan that was heckling him. Uh he was told by the league uh, coaches must wear pants to coach on the sidelines. So the next day, the next game he showed up at RFK in cream colored like, 70s disco bell-bottoms um, that were absolutely ridiculous and also absolutely glorious. Um, so so ever since then, a, a collar jersey when it comes to D.C. United always makes me think of Ray Hudson, uh, wh- whose teams were actually here in D.C. were not at all what you would think of with Ray Hudson. They were kind of the opposite of that somehow. Um, but still, it was kind of fun. Even though the team was bad, it was kind of fun to just be amused by having uh, an eccentric as our head coach. We haven't really done that very often. Um anyway, uh collars, I you know, I, I didn't mind the red one, but um I guess maybe I, I if if anything, I think if you're gonna go with a collar you have to go even more uh more ridiculous with it. Well and collars
1: now have the stink of two thousand thirteen upon them.
0: That's true. And and we do want to cut all links with that season, if at all possible. Um, other than the Champions League that we're in because of what we did in 2013. Somehow. Right,
1: I, I mean, as far as as far as I remember, DC United only played in the U.S. Open Cup that season. Uh, uh, I, 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 don't sure. remember, I don't remember any other games happening. That sounds right. <laughs> I remember
0: being at RFK a lot and just being really upset. Um, but I might have just been there by myself.
1: The, you could have just been there mad that DC United did not then have a stadium deal, and just being angry be. about
0: it. It could be. It could have been some sort of year-long fugue state uh, that uh, that I went into. I don't know. Um, I I guess I'm with Leanne on this. I would like a boldly red jersey. Um, my worst
1: my worst nightmare. Sorry to interrupt. Is ne- if it was just if it was like the crew away jersey except red the red top instead and then the white below uh, instead okay. of the yellow and the white. That that's my worst nightmare. And, and I, we, I don't want we, that at all. We can't
0: discount that because we haven't seen that portion of the shirt at all. Right. Um, So it it could be some sort of, um, the reason the Bomb Pop U.S. jersey, which has a sort of similar pattern, the reason that worked is because it had three colors that looked like a Bomb Pop, um, whereas we don't have that luxury. I don't think we're going to trot out uh, royal blue, and if someone serves you a Bomb Pop that has a black layer, something's gone wrong. Um, Don't eat that Bomb Pop. Also it's winter. I don't know what you're doing ordering bomb hops anyway. I guess that's your business, but um I'm here to tell you you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. Um I guess the other the other thing that makes me wonder about is is this just going are we just going to have two jerseys or will there be a third as well? Um uh, because we haven't had one since the one season in 2012. Um other plenty of other teams have a third jersey and it seems like that's the way The way the league is going is more of those rather than less, but you'd think that also we would have been given some other teaser picture by now if there was going to be one, right? Am I I off base?
1: I don't remember where I heard this, but I thought I read somewhere that, yeah, DC United was moving away from having third jerseys and just doing primary and secondary is what they're calling them now instead of home and away. Right. Right. Well, that's fair. I, I mean, I feel like you should wear your home or
0: primary or whatever you want to call it. You should wear that whenever possible, um, yeah. unless there is a conflict, or unless you're Colorado and your your other jersey is clearly just a lot better
3: than your, your primary. Um, right. They're the exception to the rule, though. Most of the other alternate jerseys are just god-awful.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of boring um, or over-the-top, in a bad way, um, Seattle, looking at you. Um, at I love scadia. Seattle's jerseys. Wh- which one? All
2: of, All them. of
0: them. Do are, do you love the look, or or is it? Are you a big fan of the um, fake color names that Diaz cooks up, and then Seattle wholeheartedly embraces?
2: I love that. No, I love the colors because they just like they're so terrible and ridiculous. But they have committed to them like two million percent, and I love it. I love that they commit to it, and they're like, we're gonna be weird and ugly. And, like, that's just what it's going to be. I love it.
3: That's
0: fair. If you are going to wear a terrible shirt, you you shouldn't pretend or go halfway. Um, you should dive all the way in on that one. Um, yeah. And they have. Um, their their colors are always ridiculous. I, I mean, I guess the most boring jersey they've ever had was the, uh, I believe they called it Cascade Shale. And it still had, like, neon yellow or green on it somewhere. Um but I guess that's that's their issue. There's a few other ones. Vancouver's uh, brown jerseys I thought were just the worst. Um, I know they didn't go. I think they were actually well received, which blew my mind because I was looking at them and it's like they're brown. They're it's just head to toe brown. It's like the most boring thing you could do. The Timber
3: yeah. one, The Timbers ones are a gong show, by the way.
0: Oh, that they're, they're they're um red and black fade jersey. Yeah. That that looks like they stole it from somebody in Liga <laughs> Um Because, and, and now Chicago has also taken that mantle. Um, Chicago's jerseys definitely look like um, they went down to, like, Morelia and just stole them out of the closet and <laughs> threw their own badges on there and came back. Um, but anyway, um, I guess that's it as far as um, our other topics go. I guess we can look at, um, we haven't even gone as long as I thought, somehow. Um I guess we'll look around the league real quick. Um, Toronto FC has signed uh, 600 players, all of which will make a billion dollars per person. Um, Josie Altidore is coming in from Sunderland. Apparently they shipped out Jermaine Defoe. Uh, direct. The, apparently it was a direct swap. There was a rumor that Sunderland wanted more money. Um, that didn't happen, which probably makes sense. Um, and then on top of that, they've just announced today that they signed Sebastian Giovinco from Juventus. He'll come in the summer. Um he apparently will make more than Kaká, um, which is a very Toronto decision, I would say. Um, <laughs> Giovinco is said to be about um, the size of uh, maybe like a nine-year-old, um, an average nine-year-old human. Um, so he'll be out there uh, in MLS. You might be able to see him in the forest of angry, physical American college soccer players who will be abound. Um, I guess... Um, what do you... Well, when you guys think of Toronto FC, what's, what's your first—the first thought that pops
1: into your head? I mean, I—I I just started laughing. <laughs> Management strife. I mean, I, I want them to do well. I think the league would be better if Toronto were competent, but they have proven no ability to do so. Their defense is still going to be awful. I don't think they can win all these games, like, 14 to 13, but who knows, maybe they can. And also, I mean, apparently they've already heard from the league unofficially, officially, that it's still going to be three DPs next year, so they're going to have to get uh, rid of uh, Gilberto, which I assume assume every team in the league is already called Toronto, being, hey, 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 what's up? But... um,
0: Because, I mean, Gilberto had the bad start to his MLS career, but after that got pretty good. Um, Even as Toronto became just a constant uh, series of errors and and sadness, um, he was still scoring goals and creating chances for other people. Um, And he's part of the
1: reason they had to trade away Matias Lava.
0: Right. So they got rid of Lava to bring him in, and they gave him, he's a 21-year-old player playing in a new league, and they gave him one season, and they've already been like, I'm bored. Um, I'm bored here. So um, someone is going to, I assume someone's going to try and trade for him. Maybe their plan is to just sell
3: him. Um, Somebody better. I mean, you know. Right. You don't want to lose a player like that in MLS. Lava was future considerations that at this point, as far as I know, have never really been communicated. I I believe it was just money in the end. Um, right. I mean, some amount of money. If if you're just if if you're given cash, even if it's allocation, you know, which you know clearly at this point Toronto FC doesn't need. I mean, <laughs> if if you're DC, I mean, you can go ahead and grab them, flip them, you know, flip them to to Mexico or to Italy, and and you know, all of a sudden it's a moneymaker for you, you know, we, a, la, a la Ron Rocha.
0: We we do have a a grand history of trading players that were already trying to find something else to do or or in Rashad's case just didn't want to be traded uh, anywhere um and then uh on principle wanting out and and getting getting a pretty decent amount of money in exchange um I did read um I believe it was Matt Doyle who said that Phil he thinks Philadelphia would be the perfect place for Gilberto he would I I agree he would do really well there Um, but there are a lot of other teams that could use someone like that. I think, in fact, we talked about the crew a little bit. Um, Gilberto would be much better than they're bringing Kai Kamara back. They already signed him months ago, Um, but they've said they plan on making him a number nine. His history in MLS as a number nine is is bad. Um, It was only once he moved out to the wing that he wasn't just a guy who wins headers sometimes. Um, So Columbus may have um, outfoxed themselves a little bit there. Um but I I guess in general it's 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 an odd situation in Toronto where they just can't stop being Toronto. Um and it, it's funny to think back to the Galaxy when when Tim Liewicke was there. Um there were a couple years where they kind of just kept smashing themselves into the wall. They signed Beckham. Um it didn't work and they didn't really do anything about it. They just were like, well, let's see if we can bring in a famous coach. Um We'll we'll do all this other stuff, but we won't just sign, like, basic good players to play soccer. Um, You know, or we'll sign one player who was awesome at some point, but that's it. Um, I guess that that worked in the end for LA, but it took Bruce Arena coming in and actually straightening them out and getting them to work together. Greg Vanny may one day be a good coach, but he's certainly not got... He doesn't have Bruce Arena's uh, coaching chops yet at all. Um, So... I I personally am already have decided that no matter what Toronto does, I'm going to predict them missing the playoffs. Uh, They'll finish seventh. Um, I I don't care who they sign. They don't sign seventh place for Toronto, and that's it. Um, I feel bad for our friends in Toronto, but um, they know even better than us uh, the insanity that happens once you get into the offices up there. Um, The other moves, I guess Colorado has made a few moves. They got Marcelo Sarvas from L.A., Um, I guess actually, hold on. We we should probably talk about Josie Altador at least a little bit. I was um, going to say.
3: Uh, yeah. When, when we
0: go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I'm in fast motion all of a sudden.
3: Um, <laughs> go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, regarding Josie, I mean, he's he's going to come back. He's going to play motivated. Um, you know, Bradley's you know, kind of more in, in sync with the calendar now, and he's got a bit of a break. So, I mean, I, I got to think that they're going to play well, but but like Ben's saying, I mean, you know, Jim Caldwell's going to be back there and, and, you know, Bloom, for God's sake. So, I mean, you know, it, it's going to be kind of like, uh, what was it, the 2009 Galaxy, I want to say. So, I mean, they'll, they'll be fun to watch, but, I mean, they'll also be a bit of a dumpster fire.
0: There is a rumor that they have a French-born Polish center-back named uh, Damian Perkis that they want to sign, but that hasn't happened yet. And who knows that what they can do to sign a player like that now that they've completely destroyed their cap space. Um, <laughs> one would think they've completely destroyed it. Um, but yeah, they've still got Caldwell. Justin Morrow is actually good, but you know Caldwell is uh, very old um, and was already getting injuries last year because of his age most likely. Um, Nick Hagland, um, I mean, he's a decent young center back, but, uh, he's not going to help them when everyone else is trying to go forward. Um, so it's still another, another season of the same for Toronto, I guess. I, I will say that Joe Bendik, um, kind of went under the wire, but did pretty well there. I know the guys in Toronto, um, absolutely love him but i think partially they just love him because he's a player that doesn't make a lot of money but is good or or better than good um which is something that if they filled their whole roster like that they'd probably have made the playoffs by now um so i imagine in toronto if you see a guy that makes like 150,000 in mls and he's uh not not terrible uh you're probably pretty happy with that guy and you hope that um you could sign more of him but you never will because you're busy uh signing whoever the next the next free agent that comes along and expresses passing interest uh in your direction which is the tradition up there uh like I I don't know if it was on the air we're nothing without our traditions and toronto tradition is uh just go crazy and do whatever and and maybe one day break your uh dutch strikers uh mind and heart <laughs> on the um, crying in the uh the bowels of rfk about being on the worst team in the world cuz that did happen um I wish I wish that was hyperbole but Danny Couperman's did actually start to cry when answering a question um which I will I will reference every time we talk about Toronto um anyway Altador um obviously as Ryan said much more locked in with Michael Bradley um in terms of off the field as well as on the field um Leanne, do you think it's going to help him uh find himself or is he still going to need some time or is it going to be like an instant um, refreshing change and all of a sudden things are good or is he going to slowly but surely come back around again?
2: I don't think it's going to be instant. That would probably be nice for Toronto (laughs) slash for Josie. I think, I, I don't think it can hurt. I don't think he's done anything in the past few years that's really helped him. Um, so why not go to Toronto and try to score some goals? Why not go to Toronto, hang out with Michael Bradley? Like, what's? I don't really see a downside to be I mean, I know Klinsman is probably like, "Oh my God, Josie went back to MLS. It's terrible." But, um, I like, I don't think, I really don't see a downside. Like, just go. Why not try it out?
0: I imagine that Klinsman is already preparing to call in a player none of us have ever heard of at any level, um, to take Altidore's spot on the next the next camp roster, just as an example.
1: He's moving Mark Birch back to forward. <laughs> right,
0: maybe he's calling up somebody from one of our local uh, indoor or co-ed leagues that has played forward from at some point. Um,
3: you check yourself. Maybe,
0: maybe he's calling up. Um, no, I shouldn't be playing forward for anyone. Um, <laughs> maybe if we see uh, Jay Gothingen listed on the, uh, wow. the next call-up list, though, it's time to get upset. Thorley's got
1: to be Thorley.
0: And if it is, if it is Klinsman calling himself up under an alias, I want him to wear a cheesy mustache. And, and that's, <laughs> that's his full effort of disguising himself. It's just, he makes an effort, but it's the worst
3: possible effort. Um, Just, you know, for laughs. <laughs> um... Man, those are some deep cuts, by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I can only assume that that's why people listen uh, to this, um, because otherwise, uh, that and obviously the goat demographic, (laughs) uh, (laughs) and and people that need legal advice that Adam can't give them because he is actually a lawyer and can't legally give them legal advice. So Ben and I step in uh, and tell people to do basically just whatever we want them to do for our own purposes. Um. If you want legal advice, please uh, contact us on filibuster DCU on Twitter. Um, We will give you some legal advice. It will not be good. Uh, It will be about our own concerns. Um, I guess that... Do you guys have anything else to say on uh, Toronto or the Colorado moves with um, Sarpas and Sam Cronin going there now?
3: I mean, speaking for myself, I really like the Cronin move. Um, If nothing else, because it, it... it seems to kind of hint that that Dylan Powers is going to play a little bit more of an attacking mid role, and if, if that's the case, then I mean, as as fun sort of as as they were to watch in in 2013, I, I gotta think they're they're going to be a little bit more fun to watch this year if if they go that route. Yeah, last
0: year, the Rapids were kind of a every I had to watch them frequently because every single week their lineup changed not just in terms of players being cycled in and out, in and out of the lineup, but also formation-wise. Um, and it wasn't that they were playing a fluid formation that was hard to solve. It would be an easily figure... It was easy to figure out watching them what formation it was, but every single game it was a different formation, um, <laughs> which is b- bizarre and almost perverse, um, uh, as far as I'm concerned, trying to write scouting reports um, and keep track of what the other teams are doing. Um, Powers Powers should be untouchable with the Rapids, and yet there were several times where he was just not started, and he was not injured or suspended. He just it was like, oh, we're going to do this instead. Um, or sometimes he was played out on the wing, which is not where he belongs. Um, personally, I would like to see us go get Dylan Powers and rescue him from uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I imagine they're, they're at least aware enough to know that that's, that's a a valuable piece of the puzzle that they shouldn't just be giving up. But you never know. Maybe you call Colorado and, um, early in the morning when they're still groggy, uh, take advantage of the time difference and see what you can do. Um, I can only assume that that's part of Dave Casper's repertoire when he tries to make trades. Uh, find the teams that are easily confused and get them when they're not paying attention. Um, that doesn't maybe, explain Casey Casey Townsend, though. True. Sometimes things go wrong. Um, <laughs> sometimes you call Chivas and all of a sudden uh, the the tables get flipped and you end up as Chivas briefly. Um, And then you you, you scratch your head and say, wait, what just happened? Um, Which uh, Townsend, incidentally, just signed with, who was it in the USL that he
3: just signed with? Oklahoma City. Yes. Oklahoma City, yeah.
0: Um, So so he'll be playing for the Oklahoma City Energy to to bring up another team that has uh, aggressive uh, color choices on their jerseys. Um, Yep. But uh, I guess with with Colorado with Powers and Sarvas, there's a lot there that's very good, and Cronin will complement them just by sitting sitting back and playing simply, letting those two do more. Um, but that's all based on the assumption that Mastroeni doesn't cycle people in and out every single week. Um, they've still got Marlon Harrison, who deserves uh, more playing time. He's a good player. Um, I don't know that he's gonna. He kind of becomes hard to put on the field with the players they have in place. Um, Dylan Cerna uh, scored a ridiculous goal against DC United last season. We, we won that game easily, but still, uh, Serna scored an absolutely preposterous goal. Um, he's, you gotta find a way to get him in the field. I, I know they played him centrally a couple times, even though he's supposed to be a wide player. Um, but, but again, that was the Colorado, um, throw, throw darts at a, at a board and whoever comes off of it is, gets to start, um. I also think it's kind of funny that they've ended up with multiple college center backs, and yet they have no credible uh, fullbacks. Um, They've traded Chris Klute to Columbus to move five spots up the draft order, which
3: is insane. Um, And and got a whole bunch of allocation money in the – or no, gave up a whole bunch of allocation money in the process. No, sorry. Right. They got it so that way they can get Cronin. Sorry.
0: Yes. Um, But it's still a – unless that's more allocation money than we expect, that's a – um, misvaluation of Chris Klute, uh who they also misused repeatedly last year um, I guess what I'm saying is watch the Rapids but don't necessarily expect it to make sense um, hope for lots of shots of Pablo Mascherini um, <coughs> twirling the end of his mustache perhaps taking the, maybe we'll see him coach this year in a top hat as well um, or some sort of um, 1920s uh silent movie villain uh
3: look or consume an edible in tribute.
0: Yeah, that would be fine. Um, <laughs> I, I'd accept that. Um, that that would actually bring in a lot more fans, I would think. Um, <laughs> the Rapids all of a sudden would get a lot more popular. I um, might start
2: Mustache Watch on Twitter. I might have to. Like, yeah, I mean, if,
0: if there's a mustache like that floating around, um, I feel like of all the people that cover MLS, you may be most qualified to monitor it um, and let us know what's going on. Um, Given, given that we already have Benny Watch and Headband Watch. Um, we also I, have Beard I, Watch. That's true. Beard, beard Watch, which which kind of can get out of hand a little bit. There are a lot of beards going around. Um, a lot of them are just lazy players like me right now with my uh, shiftless, uh, didn't feel like shaving beard.
2: Yes, but um, all the beards count the same. I still like
0: Okay, that's... I mean, they're
2: not all equal, but they all count towards beard-wise. Okay,
0: okay, yeah, because as much as I would like it to be equal, I, I can't possibly say that I'm equal to some of the beards out there. Um, for example, if Ben Olsen goes three hours without shaving, he's already got me beat. Um, hours? I I assume that he can actually just will his beard to grow the length that it, it should. he wants it at a given time. Um, if he would like it to be shorter, he can retract it. Um... But then again, maybe that's just uh, something I hope is true rather than it actually being true. I don't know. Um, but I I, I guess... Uh, is that it? Is that all we got? <laughs> Do
1: you guys have anything else to talk about? End on a, let's end it on a high note of Beardwatch. Okay, Beardwatch it is.
0: Um, you can find us on... Uh, Twitter as I said before when I solicited legal advice that will be terrible uh, uh, at filibuster DCU um, our email is uh, filibusterpodcast at gmail.com this time I didn't forget it um, send us your hate mail or or your positive mail but you know preferably hate mail I think we've made that abundantly clear um, we are at blackandredunited.com we write words about DC United and other things occasionally but mostly DC United um Adam, I assume, will not be trapped in Alaska forever, but I don't know how things work out there. Um, he may come back and keep us on track, or he may never be heard from again. Um, in which case, we'll have to do a tribute show to Adam, in which we don't talk about goats. I guess that's the only way we could uh, honor his his memory. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's something to tweet at us. How would you, Adam? How would you honor Adam's memory? Uh, on this podcast, given the constant hectoring that we we give him every single week. Um, until then, until you've decided how you would harass Adam, uh, <laughs> on, completely unjustly. Uh, it's it's been fun. I'm sorry that uh, I'm I'm rambling to close the show. Uh, I'm sorry about the previous rambles. And I guess that's it. Uh, say say
1: good Ben. Good night, Ben.